about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, Hebrews chapter 1, did you find it? All right, Hebrews chapter 1, look at verse 1. It says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by who? But he hath in these last days spoken to us by who? I don't know, this is the beginning of Hebrews. It shows you that in times past, God dealt with the people at that time, basically. He talked to them through the prophets, is that right? Yes. But now he has, so he has spoken. Yes. Now, how many know this? That's past tense. Yes. Want me to go to handheld? I can do that. You sure? I can just about do anything you want. All right, look at verse 2. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. son. So like Ted said, does that mean that prophets in this day and age have passed away because hath? No. We already know that God gave gifts unto men, pastors, apostles, blah, 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 blah. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about to you now individually, not just a prophet speaking something for you to obey, but he is speaking about what his son has already said about you, you can take as prophecy and latch on to that and receive everything that God has already said about you through his son, Jesus Christ. Did he say you're anointed? Did he say you're healed? Did he say you're blessed? All right, that's prophecy. He's already prophesied over you. I've healed you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. What are you going to do with that word? Are you following me? So, you know... Everybody gets on their edge of the seat when a prophet shows up and he's got a word for people and everybody gets all excited. But if you'll just listen to sermons and take out of there the prophetic word that's in there. Are you following me? Oh, I'm a prophet and I want to prophesy. Oh, yeah, I hope he prophesies to me. I want to hear a word. You may get 50 words during one sermon if you're paying attention. And I'm not diminishing one or the other. I'm just saying you don't have to wait till Ted prophesies every time before you get something. You can get something out of the Word of God that's being said to you that already belongs to you, one of the promises of God, and you can latch onto that because that's prophetic. And Jesus prophesied that. How many know he may have been a good prophet? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, now go to Amos chapter 3. I'm going to show you some very valuable things today from my own secret hidden chest of things that I'm bringing out this morning that will guarantee you results in your kingdom life and they're not that profound they're very easy to do and very logical actually even though they're spiritual hallelujah alright Amos chapter 3 are you there look at verse 7 Ted quoted it surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? That's interesting, isn't it? Notice what he says. For sure the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveals it to his prophets. What is his prophets going to do when it's revealed to them? They're going to speak it, and when they speak it and people agree with it, it releases God or the power of God from heaven into the earth realm or from the inside of a born-again believer. Now notice verse 8. The lion has roared, who will not fear? Well, who will not fear when the lion roars? Nobody. 
If you're in the jungle and you're walking around and you hear a lion over here going, roar, how many know you may have a little fear? So it's pretty much automatic. When the lion goes, roar, you're going to go, oh, my God, I better get out of here. I don't know which way to run, but I better go. So he said, just as sure as when the lion roars that you fear, just as sure when God speaks to a prophet, he's got to open his mouth. See, and, and some of us has, have had that on a smaller level again. How about you're reading the, the Bible one time and the Bible's there and you're reading it or somebody's teaching and all at once you get a revelation. Never happened to you? And all at once like a light bulb goes on on the inside of you. And all at once, I never saw that before. My God, that's real. That's been revealed to me. And you poke your husband and say, look at that. And he looks at you like, are you out of your mind? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're... What is that? Because God has revealed something to you and basically through that revelation... You have seen it, and it's become real to you on the inside, something you didn't know before, basically. So what do prophets do? Prophesies many times in the New Testament are prophesying things in line with what Jesus already prophesied. How many know it's got to be in line? It can't be out of agreement with it, but it's in line. And number two, they will prophesy things that are going on in the spirit realm into the natural realm that the Bible basically doesn't cover. Do you know what I mean? Things that doesn't say, thou shall buy this car, thou shall buy this house, thou shall go here and do this. A lot of times prophecy will be out there, and then it's our job to believe that prophecy. So the whole system of God, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, is simply this. God reveals his plan or purpose to someone, a prophet or you, and when he does, you basically speak or declare that prophecy or that word to you and that releases God's ability and power to do it because you're now in agreement with what God has revealed to you you got it all right so now notice all your job is especially when you're dealing with prophets is to believe the prophecy that's it that's your only job you don't have to make it come to pass you don't have to try to make it come to pass you don't have to know how it comes to pass you don't have to wonder how it comes to pass your job is simply to believe the prophetic word that goes out. Are you following me? All right. Now, that means in my life I found out it doesn't matter what I have. It matters what I believe. Because I can be broke. And at one time I was. I was over $300,000 in debt. But I didn't want to stand there and complain about what I have. I wanted to believe something other than what I have lined up with the Word of God so I could declare it and get in agreement with that and then God could transform my finances from this place to this place. Same way with healing. In my body, if there's a symptom there, I'm not going to agree with the symptom. I'm not going to talk about the symptom. I've got a promise here that says, by His stripes I have been healed. So basically, I'm going to agree with the prophecy which releases the power of God through my declaration and pretty soon the symptom will go bye-bye. Are you following me? So it doesn't, today it doesn't matter what you have. The question is, what do you believe? Well, I believe I'm broke. Well, praise God, you got it. Come on. Well, I just believe I'm broke. Well, then you, you got to take your, your, what you have now into a believing realm. And the only way you can do that is get a word that takes you beyond where you're at right now. And that's all Jesus did was he took us beyond. Hey, you're not the old creation before. You're a new creation now in Christ Jesus. Those old things, they've passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. Why did came nothing like God? Well, you're not. Well, I'm sorry. Prophet Jesus made another mistake. Let's mark that one down. No, you got to say, praise God. He declared I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guess what? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We sing the song, I am holy. I am righteous. How can we say that? Because he said it. And if he said it, you can say it and get in agreement with him and will manifest through the power of God on the inside of you. Now, how can, how can two walk together unless they be? 
So if you're going to walk in disagreement with God your whole life, you're going to stay in the same place you are your whole life because there's no supernatural power to take you out of your natural mess and take you into a supernatural solution or result. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. All right. Go to 1 Chronicles 16. It took me quite a long time to convince myself that I was anointed. Anointed. Only God was anointed. Only God had all the power. Only God could do it. I was nothing. I couldn't do anything. Don't you dare say you're anointed. My God. Blasphemy. That's a pride. That's spiritual pride. And that's what I was taught my whole life. So people come up and say, you're anointed. And I said, boy, I wish I was. I'm trying to be. I'm trying not to sin anymore so I can be anointed. And then once I found out in the Bible, it says you have the anointing. Why? He's spoken. He said, you got the anointing. So I said, well, if he spoke it, he must know what's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with it. And by agreeing with it, pretty soon I came into the revelation that I was anointed. How many know that makes it a lot easier to do things when you know you're anointed? Yes. Jesus. It's like night and day, praise God. When you don't have to rely on your own ability, but you're going to rely on the ability of God, it makes things a lot easier in your life. All right, First Chronicles 16. Look at verse 21. And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets what? Say no harm. All right, now here's, here's, here's a warning, isn't it? He says you need to watch out, and you need to not do the prophets any harm. Now, we think of that as the prophets, which are fine, but notice each and every person in here has the prophetic spirit, the prophetic anointing on the inside of them. So if you're going to operate in the kingdom and operate in, in victory and operate in everything there, you cannot constantly, by coming against your brother or sister, see, if they're saying things or prophesying things that you may not even agree with, that's fine, just shut your mouth. Because you may be too ignorant to understand what they are saying and find out down the road that they were saying the truth and you were being a fool the whole time. Are you following me? So what do we do? We're going to respect each other. We're going to respect what comes forth. We're going to respect from there. If it's wrong, we're going to correct it. We're going to do things. But notice, you cannot do the prophet's harm because why? The prophets are very valuable to God. Why? Because God has a plan. How's that plan going to get done? By somebody prophesying God's plan, somebody believing God's plan, and allowing God to do his plan in the earth. Now, not only a plan for the whole church, but there's a plan in your life. He's got an individual plan for you. But since we won't agree with it, since we heard the word and don't believe it anyway, since we read it and don't agree with it, what do we do? We're shutting down our own purpose and our own plan. God has a plan, but let me tell you, man is part of that plan. This is not a sovereignty where God just decides what he wants to do and what he don't want to do and overrides your will and everybody else's will and gets people saved if he wants to or not. No, every person here has got their own free will, and God has a plan for you, but you've got to agree with the plan. And when you agree with it, you start talking it, you start declaring it. How many know you may lose some people? See, it was very hard for me after I got born again, moved to Florida, was down here for several years, and I started teaching at a Catholic prayer meeting. When I went back to Ohio, it was very hard for people to associate me with preaching the Bible when the last time they saw me, I was dancing on the bar. Do you understand? They, they saw me before. They saw me before the change. They saw me before God entered my life. They saw me before I had anointing. They saw me before my desires were changed. So for them, they weren't very happy with my change, number one. And number two, they didn't believe my change. It'll wear off. Give it a couple years, it'll all wear off. He's in a cult. Moved to Florida and got in a cult. My God. 
Why is that? Because there's such a drastic change that takes place in your life once you get born again and once your mouth changes and once everything changes in your life that when that happens now, basically, there's a transformation that takes place. But you've got to stay strong on whatever word has been spoken to you, whatever word has been revealed to you, and you've got to have that. And don't share it with everybody. Because there's more non-spiritual people out there than there are spiritual in the church. Let me just help you with that. In the church, so you don't want to do You want to find somebody who's at least going to contemplate it and pray about it a little bit before they come back to you and say, that's stupid, that ain't going to work, and that's no good. You'll have enough discouragement on your road without asking for it. So basically what's happened? We, we need to protect our anointing. We need to protect each other. We need to support one another. We don't want to come against basically each other. All right, go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, it's, it's tough sometimes when you've been doing what I've been doing so long because sometimes I assume that everybody knows what I know. Do you know what I mean by that? If you, you've just been doing it so long and you've been preaching it and teaching it and teaching it and everything, you think everybody, once you preach it, they suck it all up and they got it, and then that's good. You probably don't have to preach that again because they got that part of it. But more and more as I, I get older, I'm understanding that some people don't get anything the first time you teach it. And the next time they get a little chip and the next time they get more, and the next time they get more. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Look at verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with all the other beside the Amorites and against Jehoshaphat, they came to battle. Verse 2. Then there came some and told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a company, a great multitude against us from beyond the sea. So here's Jehoshaphat. He's sitting there. He's with the children of Israel. All at once these three kings decide that they're going to come against Israel and they're going to destroy Israel. How many know this was a bad news day? All right, look at verse 7. So Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers... Art not thou guard of heaven, and thou rulest over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is available to withstand thee? Art thou not our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and they have built thee a sanctuary there in thy name, and saying, If when evil comes upon us as a sword... Or judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in the presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in thy attention, then thou wilt heal or hear our help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Sir, they're coming. So what did he do? He took it before the Lord. How many of you know when you get in trouble, that's when you really go to the Lord? You may have not went in prayer for two months, but now once all hell's breaking loose and you decided it's time to pray. So you go before the Lord. So there he was. Look at verse 12. O our God, will thou not judge these people? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So what happened? Verse 14. Then upon Jehazazel, what happened when you go through all them names? Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So all at once the Spirit of the Lord comes in this situation, it's a bad situation. Things aren't going very well. They're in trouble. They're in an impossible situation. So what does he do in verse 15? And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord unto you, 
Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but who? It's God's. So all at once, somebody gets a prophetic word. How many know they needed one? They're they're getting it from all sides. They're going to be destroyed. They needed a a word that they could believe. They needed a word they could stand on. So it comes upon this guy, and he speaks out, hey, the battle is Lord's. Uh, The victory is ours. Don't worry. Don't fear. In other words, God's bigger than what's going on. In other words, when he spoke that, he started seeing something different than what was in the natural realm. The natural realm is we're going to die. But now in the spirit realm, God's going to fight our battle. How many know that's a big difference? That's an emotional up and down, isn't it? Remember in Kings that one time when Elijah's servant stepped out and he had a whole place surrounded and they were going to come in and kill Elijah because they were tired of him and wanted to get rid of him. And he went back in and said, Elijah, we're going to die. And Elijah peeks out and says, oh, no. No, we're not going to. Look at all those other chariots up there and those other spiritual things up there. There's more of us than there are of. Now, how could he possibly see that unless he was believing something that was spoken to him beyond the natural realm and something he didn't understand but he just believed it so he believed there was people there that were bigger than the people that were coming against him so he didn't worry he didn't fear why because he was believing the prophetic word that he received and hear what happens God gives him a prophetic word how many know it's important to give him a prophetic word all right look at verse 16 tomorrow go ye down against them behold they come up by the cliff of Ziz and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now watch. First of all, he says, God's going to fight your battle for you. Now I've heard Christians all the time say, it battles the Lord's and the victory's mine. But notice that's not all he told them to do. He just didn't say, well, the battle's the Lord's. No, he went on and said, you need to go down. You need to set yourself against them. You need to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. So there's other things they had to do, even though God was going to take care of it. And notice what he says. Go down tomorrow, verse 16, down against them. Behold, they come up by cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook. Now notice, when you're walking in the prophetic and getting a prophetic word, God will locate the enemy for you. My God. He will tell you before the enemy even gets there where the enemy's coming and what the enemy is looking to do in your life because you have a prophetic word that gives you the outcome anyway. Are are they coming against us? Yeah, they're coming against us. Will they destroy you? They're pretty big. They're pretty pretty large. They can take us out at any point. But I've got a word of the Lord. God is going to fight my battle. Praise God. Hallelujah. So even though they're coming down, now notice their situation hadn't changed. Were they still coming? Were the army still going to kill them? Were they going to tear them out? But something happened. They had a word of God, a prophetic word that they believed that God's going to fight our battle and we've got the victory in spite of what's going on, who's coming against us, who's after us, and we're going to believe the word of the Lord. We're going to believe the prophetic word. We're going to believe. Now, let's take it down to your level. A symptom hits your body. Well, I don't care what that symptom says. It's already been said that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. See? Well, it's going to be a bad one. Well, it might going to be a bad one, but let me tell you what God said. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my destruction. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you're going to go broke through this situation. No. He said, I'm going to prosper and be in health, even as his soul prospers, praise God. I got a word of the Lord right now. Does my bank account show it? No. Does this show it? No. But I'll tell you what does show it. The word of the living God that has come forth and revealed to me what belongs to me. So they had a prophetic word and they needed a prophetic word. Say they needed a prophetic word. I tell you, remember Paul and Silas when they got enthroned in prison? They didn't cry. 
They didn't bawl. They didn't squall. They just worshiped God. Why, they knew there was a word out there. They weren't going to stay in there. Paul had to go preach all over. They were going to change the world. You can't do it from prison. They just started praising and worshiping God before the earthquake hit. I mean, if the earthquake would have hit, the bars would have opened up, then you could have really prayed. Woo-hoo! Then you would have really praised God, wouldn't we? Holly. But they didn't do it after. Come on now. They did it before because they were doing it based on a word from God that cannot be denied, and God is not a liar, and it came forth, and they were going to get out of there, and they were going to do what they do. So they were already worshiping and praising God before. Say before. before. And now well, watch what they do here. He sends out the singers first. People say, well, you've got to send out the singers to destroy the enemy. No. You send out the singers first because you don't need the army. Come on now, the battle's already over. The victory's already ours. What can we do but praise God for what's just about to happen with these guys? That's what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. And they were praising and worshiping God because of the word they had received, not to get a word they have received. So we got people out there praising and worshiping God, trying to get a breakthrough. And if they got to get the breakthrough from God first through a revelation through his word, then praise about it because it's already been taken place, praise God, in your life. We try to do so many religious things to get God to do something he's already done. If I just sing a little bit more, God's going to do it. No, God did it. Find a word that proves it and then sing about it because it's worth singing about, praise God. See, the sing comes after the revelation, not to get the revelation or before, praise God. So what were these people? They send them out first. And notice what he kept saying twice. He said, don't be dismayed. Don't be worried. Don't be fretful. Why did he have to say that? Because if you're going to continue to look at the natural circumstance and disregard the revelation from God or the prophetic word that's been spoken, you're going to be dismayed. But if you focus on the word of God, if you focus on that revelation, if you focus on that prophetic, even now, we'll take this over, what's going on right now in the political area? The prophets have spoken. Uh, Maybe you don't know who spoke or who didn't, but I'm telling you right now, and these are not fly-by-night prophets who are on Facebook trying to make a name for themselves. These are guys, and some of them are even dead, who prophesied this already in the future. And they've prophesied some things for us in this day and in this hour. And basically, you have to find out what they are, and your only job is to simply believe what they say. Now, let me tell you, there's enough false prophets out there right now There's Prophet CNN. Come on. Prophet ABC. And they are also prophesying things into the world right now. And the only time you'll get flusters is when you start listening to the false prophets rather than the real prophets. They're out there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Am I getting in trouble this morning? All right, look at verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear ye, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall do what? You shall prosper. So I want to prosper. So I'm going to believe the prophets. I want to prosper. So I'm going to believe it when Jesus says, by my stripes you've been healed. I'm going to believe it when he says, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to believe it when he says, opening the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing upon me. I'm going to believe it when he says, the peace of God is in my life. I want to believe it when he says, I'm anointed. I want to believe it when he says, I cast out devils. I want to believe it when he says, if I lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. All these things have prophetically been brought to me, but I'm the one who has to do what? Believe them. Why? So I become established. Believe the prophets. And what's going to happen if I do that? I'm going to what? Prosper. How many of you want to prosper? All right. Praise God.
All right, go down to verse 23. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Sir, everyone helped to destroy one another. Now, this is really cool, is it not? I mean, these people go down, they're singing, they're praising, they get there, they're in a mess, and all at once the three armies come against them and start beating each other up. <laughs> yeah, I already, I'm already there. I might as well go there. You've got an enemy now with false prophets and so-and-so, and if you just catch any news at all, which you don't have to catch too much of it, we've already got the camp of the Democrats fighting the camp of the left, fighting the camp of the socialists, and starting to beat each other up. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, look at verse 25. So these people believed it. They said, we don't care if these people are coming. We got a prophetic word, and God's going to take care of this whole thing. Verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with dead bodies and precious jewels, which they strip off from themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days carrying away the spoil. Now, that had to be a fun three days. My God, if you think they were singing and dancing before... They had to be doing backflip, front flips, and everything else right now, praise God. What did they do? They believed the prophets, and they shall prosper. But notice what sparked this whole thing. Go all the way back to chapter 20, and look at verse 6. Jehoshaphat said, O Lord, you're the God of heaven. You are the God of heaven. You rule all the kingdoms. You rule over the heathens. You have power. You have might. Nobody's able to stand against you. You promised to drive out the inhabitants of this land. You gave it to the seed of Abraham, and it belongs to us. You dwell in here. We built you a sanctuary near here. And you said when evil comes upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, you said you were going to be here and cry out when we were crying out in affliction. You're going to do something about it. You're going to help us, praise God. And now Amon and Moab and these people are coming to destroy us. And praise God, it's your job. What is he doing? He's putting pressure on the prophet. Oh, my gosh. Putting pressure on the prophet. Let me show you how to pressure the prophet. Lord God, you've spoken through the prophets four more years. Lord God, you have spoken through the prophets two terms. Lord, you have spoken through the prophets that any corruption or lies that are being done right now will be taken out of darkness and brought into the light. Lord, you said. Lord, you said. Lord, you. I'm not saying you said it. You said it. Well, I'm, I'm putting pressure on him. And when I come into agreement with God for what God wants to do, the anointing of God comes upon you. Look at it. See it? What does it do? It gets the anointing of God rising up on the inside of you. The agreement with God is there. You said it. Hey, you said it. I didn't say it. And they, you said it through their mouth. You're, in other words, you're responsible to do it, not me. You're the one who called for it, not me. You're the one who's going to do it. Now, what's, what's our job? What's our job? Let me show you. Let me show you. Look at, look at, look at, now this is just a coincidence. Look at chapter 20, verse 20, which is 2020. And they arose early in the morning and went forth in the wilderness to Kia. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Israel. We are to believe in the Lord your God. So shall we be established. Believe his prophets. And we are going to what? Prosper. Prosper. That's it. And that is for 2020. Say 2020. 2020. All right. Can we go a little further? Yeah. All right. Go to Numbers 11. 
Numbers chapter 11. All right, are you there? Look at verse 21. And Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. How many you know that's a pretty big army? And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat for a whole day? Whole month. Say a whole month. Now, how many know that's a pretty big promise? I don't know if you ever had 600,000 over at your house for Thanksgiving, but that would be a lot of people. And it'd be tough feeding all those people. All right, look at the next verse. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice? So what happens? Basically, Moses says, what? What? That's the word you're giving me, that you're going to feed 600,000 people of my people for a month? That's what you're saying? Do you know how many fish that's going to take? God, do you know how many fish are even in the ocean? Do you know how much flesh we're going to have to give? I mean, do you understand the, the word that you're bringing forth here, God? Do you understand what's going on here? And verse 22, and the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand wax short? <laughs> Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass or not. Verse 24, And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto them and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they did prophesy and did not cease. Okay, so here's Moses. Moses is having a problem. God spoke him a word. He knows it's the word of the Lord, but where in the heck is he going to get enough food to feed, take care of 600,000 people? It's just not going to work. So basically, he goes to the people. The prophets have gone to the people. In church here, I go to the people. Why? So you hear what I'm preaching, and you start to prophesy with me. See, just me standing up here all day, I can prophesy healing for the rest of my life. It ain't going to do much over this body. But if I can get 10 other people, maybe 11. Maybe 12. You never know. Good day. Maybe we get up 15. But the prophecy goes on and it goes forth. So look what happened. Verse 25. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto them and took of the spirit that was upon them. Thus gave the 70 elders. Came a pause that the spirit rested on them and they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of them in the camp. And the name was Eldad. And the name of the other was Medad. Eldad and Medad. Don't ever be mad about your name again. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went out, went not out under the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And there was a young man who told Moses, he said, Hey, this Eldad me dad man, they're prophesying, and they're in the camp. They're not even with our camp, praise God. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of the young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto them, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. My God. How many know there's a lot more power if you've got 70 prophesying? Now, what do you think they were prophesying? I know exactly what they're prophesying. Quail, fish, food. Why? Because he told them, he's going to feed 600,000 people. Got to help me with this. So they just started prophesying. Fish. And some people started prophesying that didn't belong to their camp. Oh, 
There may be people outside TCVC that are prophesying the same thing we are. I think we need to stop them right now. No, I pray to God there's some churches out there that got a clue of what's going on. There's enough of them that believe the false prophets. Oh, I didn't say that, did I? See? So it matters. You matter. You may not think you matter. I just come to church, sit in the back row, the third back row, and it doesn't really matter what I do. Oh, yes, it matters what you do. It matters what everybody does in this local body right here. And the way you're talking and the way you're believing and the direction you were going, it matters for this country. It matters for the prophets who have spoken. It matters for all these things, praise God. So what happened here? All at once, all of them started prophesying. Flesh. And, and how many you know, that's a, that's a lot of people to feed. How many of you know that? All right, one more. Go to Isaiah 43. So how are we going to pray for things? Well, I've been praying just like the Bible tells me to pray. God, you said two terms. God, you said four more years. Kim Clement, you said there's witches trying to get in the White House that are not going to get in there. Uh, so-and-so prophet said this, and praise God, I'm behind that also. You said corruption's going to be revealed, and bless God, it's going to be revealed all the way down to the mighty end of it. Hallelujah. And the false prophets are going to be silenced, praise God. Hallelujah. That's what you said. That's what you said. That's what you said. And God's up there the whole time. People say, you're manipulating God. No, I'm just acting the way I'm supposed to act before him. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace for help in a time of need, which is always. But I'm not going to come disagreeing with him. Lord, look at the world. It's falling apart. I need mercy. I need grace. No, the Bible says we can boldly say because he has boldly said. And if the prophets have said it and you believe they're a prophet, you can repeat it. If the Word of God comes to you in here and it's something about you need, praise God, you can grab that Word of God right out of this thing and you can agree with it, praise God. And you proclaim it and you proclaim it. But you cannot look at two different stories. So many people are going back and forth. I believe the prophets. Uh, don't sound like it the way they're talking out there. It's a, but I believe the prophets. But you know what they said on NSNBC? And they know what they said on there. Just think it's impossible. But the prophets said, but hey, some of you ought to be dizzy. So you can't do that. You can't go back and forth. You just got to do it. And you bring it, you'll be driving down the road. And all at once you said, woohoo, four more years. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Not even praying at the time. Not even praying at the time. What did they say? Get that witch out of there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, am I doing this? No, praise God. I'm just doing what I believe the prophets have spoken that I believe is in line with the word of God. And I'm just doing it. So don't cut me off. Throw things at me. All right, Isaiah 43. Look at verse 25. God says, I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So here he gives you an example of prayer, don't he? He says, hey, I'm the God. I'm the one who has blotted out your transgressions. I'm the one who has blotted out. And notice why I did it. I didn't even do it for your sake. I did it for my sake. Why? Because I need you on my side, talking the right stuff, doing the right stuff to help my plan come to, in the earth. So he says, basically, transgression. Now, do we have to remind him because God forgets? God, you're getting older. Alzheimer's setting in. So let me just remind you what you said. No, you're doing it to remind you 
He remembers what he said, so you can continually remind yourself what he said, so you can believe what he said by reminding yourself of what he said. So God said, yeah, put me in remembrance. Come on, let's plead together. You say it, I already said it. We'll say it, we'll say it together. Praise God, we'll sing it together. We'll do whatever. We're doing it together. And notice what it says here. Now he's talking about here about sins. He says, you've got to understand that I will not remember your sins no more. And if you'll just declare that with me, you'll live a justified life. But if you don't, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. God touched me, but I'm just sin, and I just got to sin my whole life. You're going to stay there, you see, until you declare what he did. So put him in remembrance. So every day, no matter what you're praying for, just put him in remembrance of it. Praise God. When money gets tight, hey. I didn't say that I'd meet your needs. You said you'd meet my needs. Praise God, according to his riches and glory. You're the one that says, if I tie the windows of heaven open and you're pouring out a blessing before me. You're the one that if I said, give is given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I don't care who else is talking anything different. That's what you said. And it's your word, and I'm standing right on your word. Praise God. And somebody tells something different, you go, blah, 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 Remember when your little kids used to do that when you were trying to tell them to do something? Blah, 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 blah. We need Christians to go back and be like little children. Blah, 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 blah. See, because everybody's trying to get entrance into you there. So I just go to stay on what God said about me. Praise God says I'm anointed, and praise God I'm anointed. And when I come out here to preach, I expect the anointing of God to be all over my life, whether I have a goose bump or not. Well, if I just get a goose bump, I'm going to believe I'm anointed. No, he's already said you're anointed. And if you believe you're anointed enough, you'll have enough goosebumps for a long time, praise God, because we'll keep going forward. So just find out what God has said in your own personal life, and in a bigger picture, find out what the prophets are talking about. We need the prophets, and the prophets need us. See? And many people are attacking the prophets. As soon as the, as soon as the verdict came down, here we go. As soon as the three started coming towards us, the three armies started coming towards us, everybody started turning and running. That's no time to turn and run. Maybe that's in verse 2021 or 2022, but not in 2020. Come on, 2020 is to stand now. 2020 is to believe now. 21 is to understand what the prophets are saying. 2020 is to believe in your own life what God has said in your life because that prophetic word is gold, praise God. Nobody's going to change it. Heaven and earth can pass away, but that word is not going to pass away. Hallelujah, praise God. All right, jump up this morning. Lord, I got goosebumps on top of my goosebumps. All right, now you've got a decision to make this morning, don't you? You've been in the church for quite a long time. You've been reading your little Bible there and skimming over it and seeing all the good stuff in there. But now you've got to go back through that Bible and you've got to find out what God has said about you. Yes. You know, we sing the song, I know who I am. I don't believe very many in the church do know who they are. I believe they can sing the song. I believe they think they are. But you need to find out who God says you are, not who grandma says you are, not who the news says you are, not through your uncle or anybody else, what God says about you. Because he's the one that created you. He's the one that designed you. He's the one that put you there. And start grabbing hold of some of this stuff. Start lambanoing some of this stuff and bringing it in, praise God, that belongs to you. And you're going to walk with a new step. You're going to come out of that, that down depression type stuff, and you're going to rise up in your mindset to see yourself as a victor, somebody who walks in the power of God. Praise God. Whenever you start slipping, just go back to God. Hey, Lord, hey, this is what you said. You, go, you just do it now. How's he going to do it? I don't care how he does it. It's up to him. Praise God. You know, the Lord came to me when first didn't have no place to go for a while because we 
our rent ran out. We were looking for a building and all this kind of stuff. And I saw this place over here, and I went to God, and I said, boy, that looks nice. We could have a church in there. So I got to find out what the rent is and find out what's going on. And God spoke to me and said, I don't want you to rent. I said, well, I doubt if they're going to give it to me for free. I know we've got some favor, but I don't know if we've got that much favor or not. And he said, no, it's time to make a change. And I'm declaring to you to be the owner and let somebody else pay your mortgage rather than you being the mortgage payer for the one who rents to you. And I said, well, that's new because there's churches all up and down the coast renting little spaces and renting little stuff. I said, well, I don't think anybody's doing that much. He said, I didn't ask you. How many know whenever you argue with him, you lose? So why do we do it? Nobody's doing that, Lord. Didn't care a bit. Just said, you do what I tell you to do. You do what I'm telling you to do, and you stay on it. And when the money got tight, we stayed on it. And when the money got more than tight, we stayed on it. And when there's no money to even get tight, we stayed on it. Why? Because God had spoken it to me. And I'll tell you what, it's tough to be a pastor's wife. Because when the pastor gets a revelation and it has not been revealed yet to you, you're saying, I support you, honey, even though you're nuts. <laughs> Come on, you know. You know, in the natural room, sure, honey, I was hoping we'd go in debt $300,000 and we'd take over that building and put our house on it. I think that's a great idea, sweetheart. <laughs> honey, you know, it's not. But she trusted me enough, thank God. She trusted me enough to what I heard from God and what I did to step out and do it. And then, I mean, you better lock in that scripture. I'm telling you what right now. Because you're going to get all kind of testimonies coming to where you're going to fall apart. And all once the electric bill, oh, my God. And all once this and that. And everything's coming at you from different sides. You just got to lock in. You know what I mean? God, you said, God, you said, God, you said, God. Just bug him. He says he never sleeps. That's because I was bugging him all the time. <laughs> God, you said, God, you said, it'll work in your life too, praise God. Remind it, remind it, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your anointing in this place. Father, we know now what we're supposed to be doing. We know exactly how to do it. We, we know what you want us to do. So I thank you right now that every single word that prophesied it comes to pass, every single word we ever heard quicken on the inside of us that we've bypassed and not even taken for ourselves, even though it was prophesied by your son to us. Father, I thank you for the move of your spirit and the lives in this place financially, healing, peace, joy, glory, power, prosperity just continues to increase, increase, increase. Father, we go from believing to believing faith to faith in one level of glory to a another level of glory. And I thank you for it and seal it in their hearts now, Spirit of God, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll see you Wednesday night.